0: I need to be the best version of myself first. Those are words that my guest today, Tracy Lowry, shared. So folks, grab that cup of coffee, sit back and relax so you can find out just what it is that she's talking about. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. I am so happy that you are joining myself and my special guest today, Tracy Lowry on Let Fear Bounce. We are going to be chatting about all kinds of exciting stuff, folks. Tracy is a public speaker. She's also an author of Hail to the Victor in You Workbook. She is the host of the Hail to the Victor in You podcast and the host of the Hail to the Victor in You television show. She is one busy lady. I'm excited that she's found the time to spend with me today on Let Fear Bounce. Tracy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. It's always a pleasure to work with you,
1: for you, whatever I can do.
0: (laughs) We we have we have done a lot together in the past, and I'm sure that we will be doing more collaborative stuff in the future. But I'm so glad to have you on Let Fear Bounce today because I've not had you on the podcast yet. That seems kind of crazy to me. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. (laughs) So you've got all kinds of stuff going on, but I want to first start off with what I if I remember correctly of Part of how your journey started was your Hail to the Victor and you workbook. So share a little bit about what Hail to the Victor and you means and why you came up with that name and about the workbook.
1: Well, it started off, you know, I wrote this workbook and it actually started off as a book about my my life. Me and my friend had started writing a book about my life cuz, you know, there's a whole lot of twists and turns that have come along the way. And but it started off I kind of call it like my revenge tour. It was what happened to me, who did it to me. It was very cathartic and it was very good for me in my healing process to kind of give it that voice. And then my friend passed and I put the book aside for a while. I was way too emotional to work on it without her. And I finally got to the point where I went back to it and I changed the book completely. It was because I had healed so much of my own personal healing. And I was like, this is not what I want this to be about. I want it to be a book to help people through their traumas. And so it turned into a workbook of how to help people work through past traumas in their life. It's really great for, you know, PTSD is kind of a focus that you and I both share. And so it's a big focus on PTSD and working through that and finding the victor in you. you. You asked what that meant. I spent two pretty much full days trying to figure out what the title was gonna be. And I realized just with the catchphrases and the brainstorming I did, hail to the victor in you is about finding the victor within yourself and not looking into other people. Uh, I feel like a lot of females, myself very much included at one time, I thought I had to find a man to fix me or a man to make me whole or a man to make me better. And I learned that really isn't the case. I needed to be the best version of myself first, save myself with the help of my Lord and Savior. But. No other outward forces was going to fix me. I had to fix myself. And so that's kind of been obviously, it's like my mantra now is hail to the victor in you. You can be your own victor. And that's what life should be about, not finding outside sources.
0: I like how you mentioned, you said, you know, no outside forces could fix you. Yeah. I had to be the one I had to look inside me and fix myself first, mm-hmm. not another person. You had to do that yourself, of course, along with God, because we all lean into him and on him. But I like how you worded that no outside forces were going to fix me. I had to look within. Mm-hmm. That's 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 so true and so deep. And I think a lot of people. When you're in the midst of it, they don't Though or. Or there's a fear of looking too deep within yourself because you just might not like what you see. Oh, absolutely. What types of fears, if any, did you have when you started that self-healing process for yourself?
1: I think because of a, how I grew up and just kind of past coping mechanisms, I had a lot of fears. (laughs) I let fear really take over up until a certain point. And really it was when I ended up in the emergency room because I had almost attempted to take my life where I really had to change my mindset very quickly. It was kind of one of those, either I am going to turn this around and fight again where I didn't think I could or even wanted to, or I'm going to give up And this is the end for me. And the fighter in me came back. And obviously since I'm here today, however many years later, but it doesn't stop there. The story doesn't stop there. I always say, you know, I would love to say that it was in that moment, you know, everything changed the next day. You know, the birds were chirping and the unicorns were dancing and (laughs) it really wasn't that easy. (laughs) And I feel like a lot of movies almost portray that. Like, I feel like if it was a movie, like that would have been the moment where then things just changed and it, it really was a lot of work from there. So I had a lot of fear in digging deep A. I was gonna have, I, I knew to do that, there was gonna be some level of reliving some of the past traumas and having to realize more than I even realized up until that point there were some flashbacks that came back that i had completely blocked out that after that point i was either reminded or realized for the first time consciously as an adult what had happened and there was a lot of fear that came in that there was a lot of fear in my transformation who was going to who was going to be in my life with me through that transition was i going to lose people in my life in doing the healing and transformation. Was I going to lose relationships? Was I going to lose some of those outside things that we, we talked about? Was I going to lose some of that? And how was I going to handle the loss of those things? If that happened, there was a lot of just fear in general.
0: You'd mentioned PTSD a couple of times, and then you, you also mentioned flashbacks. Um, Mm -hmm. And you and I know each other's personal stories. I live with PTSD. I've freely shared that on the show as well. Mm-hmm. So I can completely understand what you're talking about and what you mean when you say flashbacks. So I want to address that for just a minute because a lot of folks, a lot of the listeners, they might not know what that is or, sure. or they may be experiencing it and there's a totally different. And it is different for every single person. Flashbacks might not necessarily be like a picture, or you physically feel like you're in that same spot again it could be something that triggers you such as a smell Mm -hmm. or a song or the way someone walks the color of someone's hair and it can hit you out of nowhere so you know and I don't I certainly don't want you to to delve into anything that that's that's hurtful or will upset you today but are you able to share a little bit of what a flashback is like for you or what might trigger a flashback for you?
1: Absolutely. I've talked about it enough. I think it's just kind of, it is what it is at this point. I I have a few different kinds of flashbacks. It just kind of depends. A lot of times, again, I kind of revert back to movies because that's what so many people's point of reference is, is, you know, the movies and the TV shows and and there's there's some, there's some similarities that are accurate, but there's a lot of things that aren't. As far as my personal experience, I, I have had a couple of the, I call them like theater flashbacks, where it's like you get this flashback of a scene or a moment or an event, or even like a person's face completely out of nowhere. It can be at the grocery store. It could be, I mean, just the simple day to day there's, there was a time where I was, um, I was almost asleep and boom, one, a, a person's face just like flashed in my head. And all of a sudden, then most of mine are more of like a feeling. So something will trigger a feeling, but then it like brings out the feeling from the past. For example, it, I will, I will watch a movie or you said, hear a song there's smells, um, like, uh, like a man's aftershave or deodorant. That's what I'm looking for. That smell to this day, I cannot smell a certain kind without it kind of making me take a step back. Like, it's almost like you feel like you've been energetically or emotionally just like slapped in the face. And it will take you back to those feelings. Our senses are awesome, but they also can bring back the past. And so it can use any of those five senses, can bring a past experience, trauma, person right back to you. And then the feeling is the same. So if there was a time where I, I'll give an example of this. So I had to have an MRI done. I, I broke my shoulder and I had to do an MRI. And I am claustrophobic, so I knew that was there, but I didn't really realize how I got the claustrophobia. I didn't re- realize it till I was in, they had to do an open one. So I was in an open MRI even, and I still was, I it put me in, cause if you don't know what an MRI is, you are encapsulated in this very close tight tube. And I was all the way in head first, all the way in feet were the only thing out. And it was very hard for me. And all of a sudden, while I'm laying there, having to stay very still, I had the flashback of, and that I had forgotten for decades, where a relationship I was in, I was being suffocated with a pillow and I couldn't move. The only thing I could do was turn my head to the side and breathe out from the side because I was being suffocated from the top, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. So I had to turn my head. I'm trying to, cause I know this is audio. I'm showing you with my hands. <laughs> yeah. but they, the audience can't see my hands. Um, I had to turn my head to be able to breathe through this time. And in the open MRI, that's what I did. I turned my head So I could look at the, the tech that was behind the glass doing it. So I could actually see through, but I had to turn my head to do it. And then I had to stay perfectly still, and that it just brought all that back. Now, obviously it wasn't the same situation. I was safe. I was not in any harm's way, but the feeling came rushing and tears just streamed down my eye my face for the duration and afterwards I was shaking and the technician was kind of looking at me when she was done she's like are you okay and I was like yep I'm good you know that's that's what that's what I tend to do yep I'm good I'm fine I put that that mask on my face and put a smile up and I'm good I'm ready to go and as soon as I got back then into the car I, I bawled some more but that that's what they can do they can just hit you out of nowhere and i felt the same feelings that the fear was there i i felt the anxiety i wasn't sure i was going to make it out which logically here's the thing here's the thing is logically i had to sit there and go this is not going to kill me i am just in a machine people they do this multiple times every day logically i knew that that was a very silly thought that i was going to die or that there was anything to be scared of no one was going to come get me that it's not going to come crashing down on me i was safe but the feeling was something i could not control without a whole lot of mental work to try and logic it out it's just not that easy
0: emotional memory mm-hmm. is so powerful Barry and I know how you said and I want to I want to catch something that you said you said I know that that was silly no it's not there's nothing silly about it emotional memory is a real thing and it slams you back in there's no silliness about you feeling and experiencing that again and I only say that because it's been said to me numerous times over the years (laughs) as I chat with a professional. (laughs) Because, and again, another word that you used, logically. Logically and rationally, you know you're in a safe space, but that emotional memory can override everything for a second or two or even minutes or longer. And you described it perfectly. And maybe I get it so well because I've been there, done that. Um, even even in an MRI by golly. So (laughs) (laughs) it was a PET scan. I was in a PET scan, you know, you're in their full body and just Mm -hmm. your feet sticking out. And I had said to them, I flat out said, I do live with PTSD and I am claustrophobic and I will suffer anxiety if I'm in here too long, how long will this be? Mm-hmm. And they said, We tried and keep it under 20 minutes. And my mm-hmm. first thought was, There is no way I can make 20 minutes. Oh, my. So I started getting myself all worked up before I even was put in. Yes. And I had to talk to myself mm-hmm. and say, Kim, rationally, you're in a safe spot. <laughs> you're OK. These people are going to be watching everything, they're not mm-hmm. going to let anything happen to you. So, you know, then you get yourself calmed down. We hit the 14 minute mark. Cause you can't move in those either, the PET right. scans. And right. we hit the 14 minute mark and I literally yelled, how much longer do you think this is going to be? <laughs> and I think by the tone, the sharpness of my voice, he said, can you give me 30 more seconds? Do you have 30 more seconds left in you? And I said, mm-hmm. okay, okay. And I did the breathing right. thing and 30 yeah. seconds later, he's like, all right, we're going to pull you out now. But they were so nice and they typically they, they are those folks deal with all different yes. kinds of people. And so many people probably have claustrophobia for whatever numerous reasons. Right. But I did want to point out how you said, you know, and I'm not doing this in a negative way when you said it was silly to think that. No, it's not. It's not silly. That's an emotional memory that happened. It's real.
1: Right. And, and I- I would say the same thing, obviously, when, when talking to others, but so much of when I talk, I want those to understand who, who are supporting loved ones that maybe have some of these issues is we know logically we're safe. We know logic would say this, but the emotions, we can't help it. They come. It is what it is. So I, I. I want to help the supporters of those of us who have any kind of issue like that, that we logically know we're being right,
0: not logical. We logically but, know we're not being. Right, logical. well, yeah, and you're in that moment, rationality is out the window. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, and like I said, and for you too, I'm sure, and for many thousands of others out there, and even maybe many of you listening right now, You, you, we all know it could last a couple seconds or it could last so much longer. And it all depends upon the tools that you have in your toolbox. And anybody out there listening right now to uh, Tracy share part of her story, you've been there or you're there right now, please, please do not sit in that darkness by yourself. There is a number and I'm going to share it right now with you. It's the crisis hotline. And please call if you feel that you can't reach out to someone else, a family member or friend call 1-800-273-8255. That's a national hotline, folks. So please call that number if you are in a form of distress or you don't feel like you have a place to turn. Um, 1-800-273-8255. So Tracy, you've got your workbook and that spurred something else. So you've got a podcast as well. (laughs) So share a little bit about the podcast because I've been a guest on that and it was a lovely experience. So thank you once again for that. Well, thank you once again for being on. (laughs) So share, share how the podcast came to be. Well, the podcast,
1: I, I ended up being on someone else's podcast talking about my book and my story. There was a podcaster. He did far betterment. I'm not even sure if he's still doing it, but if it's still out there, I highly recommend it. But he found me on social media and asked me to be on his podcast actually a couple times. And it was the second time. He was doing like follow-ups of guests that he had had. And afterwards he was like, you should do this. And I was like, do what? He's like, you should have your own podcast. And I was like, why would I do that? I mean, it was literally never was something I thought about doing. And my first reaction was, well, that's no, no. Why would I do that? (laughs) But he kept talking. And finally I was like, well, what is, why do you think I should do this? And he went through, you know, his reasoning. And I was like, "Uh." We'll see. And so I started playing around with it and lo and behold, I'm on on season three now um, and it's been absolutely an awesome experience. I have met, like I'm sure you can resign with a lot of amazing people that I still am in contact with. Thankfully, you are one of them and that has led to a whole slew of collaborations for the two of us. <laughs> so I'm very grateful for it for a lot of reasons. But it's I think my favorite part is when I get the mess. I just got a really sweet long message yesterday of someone who was listening to a podcast and and what it was that was said that was helpful. And that's why I do it. I, I love it. I I love being on the other end of it of instead of being on platforms talking about the woe is me and this is what happened to me it's empowering others to help them through theirs because that's I feel like a higher mission for me so it's it's been awesome experience
0: and then that of course led to you and I meeting right your podcast Mm -hmm. and then that turned into me saying to you hey have you ever considered having (laughs) your own television show (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh You know, and those connections, though, that are made that way, is, it's so funny because it's been a little over a year, I think, that you and I met. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, probably a little over a year, I think. Yeah. And what feels like we've known each other much, much longer than that, you know. It really does. Um, it really but does. how those, if you look back over the past year of your path, and, you know, I look at my own path and see how all those connections came to be, that was all yeah. by grand design,
1: Absolutely. 100% agree.
0: You know, there's no randomness or coincidence about it. We were, we were all meant, you know, putting each other's paths at exactly the time that we were meant to be. And Mm. that's just, to me, it's been an awesome journey, but tell, share folks, because our television shows are now out there and streaming. They're out there for the world. So I'm not going to talk about mine. This is, this is your time. So share right now with the folks about your television show the name of it where they can find it and what type of guests that you have or if you have guests on your television show well I
1: find now that I'm talking to you and I kind of told the story of how my podcast came to be and you're right the exact same same happened when it came to having the tv show you said hey have you ever thought about this having your own tv show and then you know i learned a little bit from my experience before and didn't well, why would i do that that's just silly. <laughs> that's just silly right <laughs> i i learned a little bit from that and kind of mold on it a little bit and i thought that would be so much fun i've always said i don't know why i didn't put it together but i've always said i don't know why god didn't give me a singing voice that i could sing because I kind of enjoy being on stage. I kind of enjoy sharing and, and being, I was a figure skater and I loved it. I loved doing that. So I was always like, why didn't he give me a talent to use that passion with? Well, hello, (laughs) here I am now with a TV show, which still humbles me to this day. I still find it absolutely crazy that I have one and that it is finally out. So the title of it again is the hail to the victor in you show, and it's very similar to my podcast and and workbook because it's, it's kind of my mission. It's to help people. We talk about post-traumatic stress. We talk about how to heal from past traumas. We talk about toxic relationships and how to get out of them and how to heal past them. So you don't repeat them again, because I know I'm not the only one out there, but man, I was the queen of toxic relationship after toxic relationship. And I was obviously not learning what I needed to learn. (laughs) And so I want to help people like that truly is my thing. I want to help people that went through those traumatic experiences, break that cycle and not repeat it anymore. And to learn, because what happens is when you're used to being in, whether it's a toxic relationship or a traumatic experience, you get kind of in these cycles of your habits of how you handle things, how you pick future things, how you pick your future habits, your future people in your life, whether it's a love interest, or even if it's just your friends or work conditions, it all, I feel God gives us very similar lessons over and over and over until we learn it or he at least allows them into our lives because there's a lesson we have to learn there. And the quicker we can learn the lesson, the quicker we can actually learn how to enjoy our lives and become the person that we have the capability and potential to become. I'm still on my journey. I really don't feel like we're ever done with our journey because when we're done with our
0: journey, we croak. I, I, I fully believe But then that. we go, then we, we head on to an amazing place.
1: Absolutely. I think then our journey just continues in a completely very different way.
0: Oh yeah, bigger so, and better.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But the lessons we learn here through this just help us with that. And we're that further ahead. So that's what it's about. I do have guests. Um, you've been a guest on my show. And but some of them I, I really kind of narrow down and it's just me and my whiteboard behind me. And it's almost, you know. I highly recommend people to use notebooks, uh, watch it repeatedly because there's a lot of goodies. I want to pull out the tools, like you said, to put in that toolbox to help people along their way of healing, or even just getting started, because that was the biggest thing. Once I had decided it's time you you're making the decision that we're going to fight. And then the next obvious question was, okay, how do I do that? Where do I even get started? I literally almost tried to kill myself. Where do I go from here? And I want to a help people who have been in that situation, find that spark and that will, but I also want to help people not get to that point. If I can catch people before they get to that point and progress, then if I've, if I've helped save one life, then I have done my duty and I am happier than happy.
0: This has been awesome, Tracy. This has been awesome. I've got, I take notes all the time when I'm chatting with folks and I've got numerous other questions. So that just means we're going to have to have you back on again. Um, <laughs> Always a pleasure to work <laughs> with you, Ken. <Kim. laughs> no, it's been awesome. You shared some great nuggets. So share with people, and all of this will be in the show notes as well, folks, but share with people, if you've got a website or something, if one, one main place that people can find where you're at, who you are, what you do and all that good stuff.
1: I apologize. You did ask me to talk about that. And I always say <laughs> <paste it. laughs> Um The easiest place really to find me or anything that I do, or at least get started to find me is my website. And it's just my name. It's TracyLowry.com. And there you can find the podcast there. My workbook. I actually have another workbook coming out. I'm hoping in the fall, that is my hope. And it's kind of a sequel to the first one. You don't have to see or work through the first one to use it, but it's also another great tool if you have just to kind of continue that, that journey and along the way. And you can find all that on my website. The the TV show, as you well know, my, my dear sister is on the Believe in Your Dreams television network, and you can find it on right now. I don't know when this is gonna air, but right now we're on Google Play and Roku and Xbox and Samsung and LG TV, I believe. And Chromecast. And coming soon. What was that? Chromecast, I believe. Chromecast, yes, and Chromecast. Soon we'll be on a whole lot of other ones. We'll be on Apple TV. I saw someone say, what about Apple users? It's coming. It's coming. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) The thing that came to mind when you just spoke that question right there is to realize that there is hope. And sometimes you can be at the bottom of the barrel and looking at your life, feeling that there is no hope. And I'm hoping that you can see from my story, from Kim's story, and I'm sure many other stories here on this amazing podcast that there is hope. And there are people who have been where you are, where it didn't look like there was any. There is, there just this last week, this is my nugget, this is this is my nugget. Just the last week, there was some really heavy feelings for me and some of my family members and just some really heavy stuff was going on. And I was in a funk and a lot of my loved ones were in a funk. And I said, you know what, enough. And so for, this is going to sound impossible and it sounded impossible to me too. But what I did was for seven days, you write down 100 things you're grateful for. Now, my son is younger. He is 11. And so he did 50 things a day. Um, I did 100 for seven days. So yes, that was 700 things to be grateful for. And it really, truly changed the way I look at things. And whenever I got stuck, because I know people were like, because I, I had the same thoughts. How on earth am I going to find 700 things I'm grateful for when I can't even find a reason to live another day? What I did was I thought about, and I heard it somewhere. I can't take credit for it. I heard it somewhere else, but used it. If you were to only have the things today that you said you were grateful for yesterday, whether it be in a meditation or a prayer or whatever, what would you have today? And so when I did that list, it was, okay, what would I be really sad about not having tomorrow? Because I didn't say I was grateful for it today. That really opens it up because it was things like, I have a bed. Um, I love my sheets. Um, I'm very picky about my pillow. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at different things that I put on my list. It can be that simple. And here's my word, silly must be my word. I didn't realize how much I used it, but I know it sounds really silly and simple. But sometimes a that's where you gotta start and you know when you think of people when i would think of people i was grateful for like my son instead of i did put my son's name but then there was different things about him that i absolutely am so grateful that he has in his personality and and what it be my dog the different things that she does for me and my family there are things, the sun, I love being outside in the sun. And if it wasn't for the sun, then we wouldn't have grass and we wouldn't have, I mean, there's just so many things that we can get very basic. And I had to start very basic for things that I was grateful for. And that really opens up to finding more things to, to add to that list. There, there, in the first few days, I would even be like, oh, I don't wanna forget this. Oh, I don't wanna forget this tomorrow. And so like my list grew even longer to help get started for the next day. So once you get started, it's really about the first step. You just got to sit down and get started. Whatever tool you you learn about, whether it be here or you read or YouTube, there's so many sources of, of help out there that you can find, find it, find one that you feel like you can do and you just have to get started because that's the hard part. Then you get like a momentum going.
0: I do agree. It is, it is hard to get started. And then you had mentioned, you know, if, if a hundred feels overwhelming to you, I mean, literally if it overwhelms you
1: mm-hmm.
0: write 10, mm-hmm. start with Absolutely. 10 Absolutely. and 10's easy to find folks. You're grateful that you're able to breathe today. You're, mm-hmm. you're grateful for your eyesight. You're grateful mm-hmm. for a roof over your head. Like you said, your bed, food in the fridge, you could come up with 10 things very quickly and you'll probably be very surprised at just how quickly your list grows closer to hundred. Once you get started, Absolutely. what an awesome nugget. Thank you. And I, you know, I think, I think I'm going to do that because you can look back, look back seven days later and re- see all of, and it'll yep. probably end up having you smiling from ear to ear. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, oh my gosh, I've got this because look what I have. Yes. You know, how awesome. What an awesome exercise. I appreciate that. Thanks for sharing that. So folks, this has been Let Fear Bounce, another fabulous episode with an amazing guest, Tracy Lowry. And again, you can find her and all that she's doing on TracyLowry.com. It'll all be in the show notes. But I thank all of you for joining me. And Tracy, thank you so much for joining me on Let Fear Bounce. You've, You've dropped some amazing nuggets here. And thank you for sharing a part of your story with the listeners. I know it's not always easy to do so no matter how many times you've done it. Um, I know it's not always easy to do so because life, life is bumpy, folks, and there, there's no other way around it. But if we didn't go through the bumpy times, we wouldn't be gaining strength to get through the next bumpy time that comes along. So Tracy, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. Always a pleasure to work with you. <laughs> All right, everybody out there listening. Thanks once again for joining us And tuning in on Let Fear Bounce, I am your host, Kim Langling. Everybody be well, stay well, and be
1: blessed.